0: this morning's service started off on the theme of love. started off with the aspect of receiving the love of Christ. It's to understand it, but it's also to apply it to our life. And I trust that's just a reminder that as you just sit in His presence today, that His love can just minister to you right where you are. Remembering those words. doesn't matter what you've done. His love reaches you there. doesn't matter where you are today. His love reaches you right there. doesn't matter where you come from. His love reaches you there. Hallelujah. Can we say amen? amen? I want to share just one or two thoughts today, I trust, from the Word of God. And But firstly, to say thank you. Thank you for uh, being able to minister to you last week and, and today. And uh, we enjoy being able to minister the Word of God. And I trust that you get something out of that that's uh, living and that it lives on in your life. We come together. What do we come together for? Uh, Larry's already mentioned about the fellowship and the importance of fellowship. The scripture actually says this. It says, as the, days, as the days increase, the days that we're in now, we should be gathering more and more in fellowship. It is a strength to us. Uh, it is the fellowship of the things and the fellowship of God and fellowship of the saints us the support that we need to do what we need to do in life. Can we say amen? amen? So I want to encourage you to be in the house of God. Be here for the cup of tea before, be here for the cup of tea after, whatever that might be, but just allow fellowship to become a real part of our uh, commitment to one another and in building the church. Can we say amen? amen. There is a scripture that's, uh, that's tucked away in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 6. If you want to note it, you just note it there. I don't want to just speak from that a little bit today and, and uh, bring some understanding about what's on God's heart uh, today in this hour. You often hear, no matter where you go, there's often uh, people that are saying, we're praying, we're praying, what are you praying for? Well, we're praying for this and for that, and for the next thing, we're praying for revival. Uh, My question to that is, uh, what's revival? Uh, We'll have a look at that, and maybe uh, briefly in a moment. A few uh, months ago now, in uh, the place where we live, in Nelson uh, at the minute, which is the top uh, of the South Island, uh, a fire was ignited. As a tractor was going through, it was so dry, everything was barren a tractor driving through the paddock and it, it clicked on a stone and the stone sparked and the spark caught on the grass and the grass caught onto the forest and the forest, the pine trees began to explode. Over And I can't remember the acreage but it's two or three hundred thousand acres of pines that were destroyed in that fire. The fire burned for just on a month destroying everything uh, in its way bringing down and, 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 and destroying a lot of things, whether it be livelihood, whether it be obviously the pines, and so it goes on. We had a prayer, in, prayer meeting on a particular night as those fires were in the early stages. We have a number of people who have uh, berry crop farms. Uh, they grow different kinds of fruit as well, uh, orchards, apples, uh, kiwi fruit, uh, and so on. And all of those became at risk during this period of time. Uh, there came a great... Uh, just prior to the fire, it came a great uh, deluge of rain. I mean, absolutely incredible. The skies were totally black. Uh, uh, the wind was strong as you could get it. It was almost hurricane uh, uh, strength. And here, these uh, farmers in the church, orchard growers, fruit growers, their, their their properties became at risk. And they grow something like four to 600 tons of berries a year. And and absolutely multiple tons of apples and kiwifruit which become at risk and became at risk. We gathered on a Monday night to pray. We have a Monday night prayer meeting uh, and we we began to pray and and intercede on behalf of these people and their, uh, their farms and their livelihood and everything that goes with it. And then we began to speak to the clouds. Because right now, the cloud was bending down, the rain was coming, the wind was coming right into the area of these uh, uh, orchards. And so we took authority over the wind. We took authority over the clouds and we just saw them shift away from bringing destruction to those farms and to those orchards. And the testimony of those that observed from their house as they watched this great mass of rain and cloud coming across the sky it began to turn, and they saw the turn, and it was a miracle. And you hear the testimony of them today. And so that's say mer- that was a miracle for them. See, this is in, in Hosea, he says this. The scripture says, after two days, every say two days. After two days, I will revive my people. It would say revive. And then he says, after three days, I will raise them up. The scripture also says... <clears throat> That a day is as a thousand years. So then, if we take that and apply it to this passage of Scripture, you say, after two thousand years, two days, he, God, is going to revive. Everybody say, revive. That word revive in the Hebrew literally means he's going to bring a reviving. He's going to bring life to something that's dead. He's going to bring life to something that's died, something that's dying. But he's going to bring life. So reviving, here we talk about revival. This is revival from God's point of view. What's the time for this in God's calendar? It is now, 2,000 years later, two days later. This is the day, the hour for revival. Can you say amen? Amen. And then on on the third day, he says, he will raise us up. That tells me about a resurrection. That tells me about resurrection power. That tells me about Paul, who said, oh, that I might be like him after the power of his resurrection, that I might know him, be acquainted with him, know him after the power of his resurrection. It tells me two things on God's calendar today. And one is revival and the other is resurrection power. It tells me that the church is at a time of awakening. It tells me that the church is at a point of revival. But what is revival? What is revival? What is it? I believe that we are carriers of revival. I believe revival is the reviving spirit of God. As he works in me, I begin to speak it out and begins to bring life to other people. So they become revived they become living where they are dying and the power of God is manifested in their lives. Can you say amen? If you now just take through forward from time, you think that uh, people of God would have known when God spoke something that it actually was going to come to pass. Israel was often like this with God. We listen, we hear, we obey, we disobey, we obey, we disobey, we enter in, we enter out. We obey, we disobey, we enter in. It's a bit like that through their history. And then we come to a passage of Scripture, which in the New Testament, which was prophesied all through the old. This is a key. Luke, if you have your Bibles, it's in Luke chapter 19. It's to understand this because I have a question for us, the church today. It says <clears throat> Jesus here was walking with his disciples. This is prior to uh, his um, crucifixion, his resurrection. It was actually the Sunday before. We call it Palm Sunday. And they were coming here into, into the town. And, and the Lord said, go and get me a such and such a donkey, which you'll find at a place. Go and bring it to him, and so on. And he began to go into the city. So we'll pick it up here, maybe in verse um, uh, 37. And when he was come near... Uh, even now in the descent descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had seen. So now they're all bowing down to him, saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory uh, in the highest. And some of the Pharisees were not interested in the Pharisees. So we come down to verse uh, 41. And he says, and when he, Jesus, was come near to the city, he wept. Everybody say he wept. wept. No. Now, that word wept didn't mean he just had a few tears coming down his face. It actually means, in the, in the, as you unfold the word, it means he began to sob. He was so consumed in emotion. He wasn't just weeping. He actually was, was uh, out of the depths of despair within his heart. He was sobbing away because of what he has observed here. So what did he deserve? He says he wept saying this, wept over the city. If you had have known even the very least that in this day the things that belong to your peace, and now they've been hidden from your eyes. Verse 44. And they lay thee even to the ground, and your children even within thee, and they shall not leave thee one stone upon another because you knew not. Are we saying knew not? Because you knew not the time of your visitation. Ah. I wonder, do we know what's on the time calendar of God? I've mentioned those two things here this morning, but he is saying that God actually came, Jesus came. Why did he come? That word visitation literally means he came to inspect the people to see whether they were worthy to receive what God wanted to bring, which was salvation to them. And they knew it not. They didn't understand it not. They knew it not that this was actually their visitation and Jesus in the midst of them was not another prophet. He was the son of the living God who came to give them life and to raise them up. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So this is the time that they were in, and they didn't know the time. So my question is if this is the time when God is reviving and God is restoring and God is bringing the resurrection power in in a greater manifestation in his church, my question is, do we know what time it is, sir? I mean, do we know that it's the time for visitation? Do we know that it's a time for visitation in Australia? Do we know that it's a time for visitation across the world? I'm not talking about the mass moves that we see that are going on in other nations. I'm talking about the time of what God wants to do here today with us, can we say amen? amen? So, the visitation the aspect of He's coming to His house these days, He's coming to bring life, He's coming to give us understanding, He's trying to help us to be prepared, ready for a manifestation. I believe, I believe that we are pivoting right now at a point of a move of God different to anything of the past but a move of God that you and I are about to enter into. My question is, are you ready? (laughs) My question is, do you know? Do you know within you that this is God's time of visitation? And what does that mean? See, because if you're a carrier of this, if you're a carrier of revival, then, then you're going to be speaking life. You're going to be bringing life to those that are sick. You're going to bring healing to the sick. You're going to raise them up. You're going to give them that which they need because you are his instrument. You are in his stead. You are in his place. Do we understand? Time of visitation. is time of enlargement for you, sis. I don't know quite exactly what you do, but this is a time for enlargement for you. It's like you've kind of been in a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like a, what's the word, like, like a fenced-in environment like a property it's got fences around it this is where i am this is where i stay and we don't go out beyond that well the gates are coming down the fences are coming down because god's going to expand you beyond what you've known beyond where you have been for this is a time of enlargement for your heart this and for your life the scripture says this he says it's paul talking to timothy he says study to show yourself approved unto him that you are able to rightly divide the word the word of truth The word of truth. So as you take that, God's going to raise you up, He's going to expand you. There's a desire in your heart for the things of God beyond that which you've known. It's like it's being concealed or held back here. Well, this is the time of exposure. Covers are coming off, fences are coming down, the power of God's going to touch and release you afresh. Hallelujah. If we were were to have a look at this now, I'd like to take you back to something because it's important. If you have your Bibles, you might like to go to uh, um, uh, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah uh, chapter 42. He prophesied a lot about uh, our days as well. Uh, Isaiah in his time, about 600 years uh, prior to uh, the coming of Christ, prophesying about the coming of Christ. But then here in Isaiah um, uh, chapter 42, a couple of verses here that I'd like us to just really think about for a moment, because it has an impact on what we do with what we're suggesting, that this is God's time. Is that okay? So he starts off and he says, verse 6 of chapter 42, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. I will keep you. I will give you a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to keep out the prisoners from the prison, and from them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. For I am the Lord and that is my name. And then he goes to verse nine and says, behold the former things. Everybody say former things. So what are the former things? What are former things? Tell me what former is. Of the, uh, the past. The former thing. The things that have been. The things that have been out here. The former things. The former things. The past things. Today, the past things. Things back here. Today, the former things. What's he say? The former things have come to pass. You can't change what's been. You can only live from that to today. So you don't go back and recreate the past, but I'll have a comment on that if we get that far today. But here we say that the former things have come to pass and now new things. Let me say new things. Let me declare this to you today. Today, you can write this as a prophetic word if you want, but today... It's a day of new things. It's a way of new, da- new, new ways. It's going to be new methods. It's going to be putting the new to the old to make it new. And these are the days that we are now going to move into. Can we say amen? amen? So these are new days, not days that we've seen before. What we've had what we've experienced has equipped us to be who we are today. And we can't go back. So he says, put a new song in your heart. And, and, and the life and the word now the power of the spirit begins to work and i sing a new song and it's praise from the end of the earth hallelujah and you go through the rest of that chapter and you see a whole lot of things that he says that i will do he says i will i will i will i will they're worth having a look at and then he gets to the end of the i wills i will do and then he says uh, but there is none there is nobody that cries out restore Nobody cries out to me, God says, for all these things I want to do in restoring and building and restoring the waste places, restoring people's lives. Nobody cries out to me, restore. There's another scripture you might want to just note it and go through it at some point, but Ezekiel 36 tells us this. Ezekiel 30 is talking about having a new heart and him giving a new heart. But at the end of that chapter, he says, This, I listen carefully, I am yet to be inquired of by the people for this. So God can say all he wants to say, promise all that he wants to promise, but until the cry comes from within our hearts, it says, Oh God, we want you to restore. My God, we want to see your power. My God, we want to see your resurrection. My God, we want to see a demonstration. Until you cry out to God, there is no restore. You with me? Hallelujah. My goodness. Can we have an extra hour today? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Isaiah, uh, go across from there to chapter... He uh, says in verse 18, Remember not the former things, and neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say, a new, thing. new thing. And now it shall spring. When shall it spring forth? Now. now. When's now? When's that? When's that? When's now? It's is now. It's now. Everybody say, turn to somebody say, now is now. So now is the start of new things. God wants to speak to you people today. This is a day of new things. This is a day of new ways, sir. This is a day of new concepts, sir. This is a day of new things that God wants to do. Not what we want to do for him, but what he wants to do for us. Can you say amen? Amen. So remember not, for behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know even that I make a way in the wilderness? And he goes on and he goes on. Hallelujah, and he shows us all these aspects, but remember not. You know what remember not means? It means remember not. What's behind here? He says, remember not. Remember that. It's the remembering of that keeps us in the yesterdays that prevents us from moving into todays. So I, I want to encourage you today, remember not. Remember not the offenses. Remember not the disappointments. Remember not the hard times. Remember not the lean times. Remember not the frustrations. Remember not when you consider that God had let you down. Remember not. Remember not. Remember not because I want to do something new. I want to break out into something new things. And I'm telling you today, now, they shall spring forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of you know, the, the, you're know, familiar with the book of Haggai. Book of Haggai. Yeah. There's a great chapter. Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. But in, chap, in chapter 2 of this book, this is what he says. It's in verse, uh, maybe we'll take it in verse uh, uh, 6, uh, verse 5. According to the word that I've covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once in a little while, I will shake the heavens, I will shake the earth, I will shake the sea, I will shake the dry land, I will shake all nations, and I the desires of all nations shall come, and I shall fill my house or this house with the glory of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? He's going to shake. Everybody say, shake, shake, shake. It's a song. He's going to shake, shake, shake. He's going to shake. What's he going to shake? I'll tell you what he's going to shake. i tell you. I wrote this some time ago. It was a prophetic word to whatever, wherever it was. And I'll just show it. I don't have time to speak to it. But look at this here. This is God's shakings. What's he shaking? He's shaking the believers. You know, it's so many believers that are in the house of God don't know what to believe. They don't know. there's other reasons that they're in the house, but they don't know what they believe. Ask them about some doctrinal truth. I don't know, I don't know that. Next thing is, he's shaking the church. Heaven knows the church needs to shake. Needs to shake. Can we create a song? Somehow can we create one? Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Come on, church, shake, shake. Shake. I'm talking about milkshake. We're talking about waking up. <laughs> He's going to shake the nations. He's doing that now. As nations begin to align themselves together for the days and events that are coming across the earth. Hallelujah. He's going to shake the ark. What's the ark? The ark's the presence of God. There's so many that stand today in, in here. It's actually about it's about me. Eh? It's about you need to promote. I'm going to promote me. You speak to me. You need to look after me. No, we need to look after him. The, the last person to put his hand to the ark, the presence of God, he dropped dead. Shake, shake, shake. He got it. You heard it. See, she's shaking. She got the shakes, man. He's are going to shake the ark. It's about the presence of God. Don't touch the presence of God. It's not yours or mine. It's His. We are facilitators of His presence we create the atmosphere for his presence and then he's going to shake the bones how many know he's shaking the bones how many know there's a spiritual significance to israel he's shaking the bones anyway that's another message so we're not there so here he says so then he says this and he says and the glory of the latter house what's the glory I don't mean, you ever ask some of these. I look at this, something like that. They say, the glory is going to fill the house. What's the glory? The glory is the weight of his presence. That in the previous house, former house, the weight of his glory became so great that they couldn't stand up in the presence of God. That's his glory. Eh? So this is what he says then. He says, the glory. The glory, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Hallelujah. That's you, that's me, that's us. He's building his house today. He's restoring his house today. He's building his house today. What for? So that he can bring his glory into his house. Right? Are you with me? So that's what he says. Oh, I want the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house saith the Lord in this place I will give peace saith the Lord, you know what that's all about it's about new ways it's about new ways, it's about a new and living way well you used to sing a song it's a scripture. new and living way walking in it it's a new and living way that new and living way is this so my question now is if this is that day that he spoke of and this is his day and this is his church And this is his glory, and this is his presence coming into us. How should that impact us so we can impact the world? And one of the best illustrations that I could speak to about that for you is to take you to the book of Kings, the characters there. Would you come with me to there? 2 Kings chapter chapter 2, verse 9. Is this okay? Is this any help to anybody? Two, two people, wonderful. And, and they were over here somewhere, so I'll just minister here for a while. <laughs> well, I actually can't find it, so Kings is gone anyway. Oh, here he is. <laughs> You've got to watch what gets pinched. Here it is. Two Kings, sorry. Two Kings, chapter uh, 2 we're looking at 2 chapter 2 so what do you, what, what's happening here let's get a little bit of the backdrop uh, up, up to this time here there's a man called Elijah Elijah is a man that God has raised up at a given time within his nation he raises up and he calls no rain calls for no rain upon the land which causes the distress and the famine and everything that goes from that so productivity is down hallelujah see that reminds me of a scripture right now and that goes to the church here uh, hmm, Habakkuk Habakkuk chapter 3 Mm. Rejoice in the Lord always. Is that it? Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vine, yet will you rejoice in the Lord? You know the key. That's a that's a, that's a point of faith. When nothing's happening, to rejoice in God. It's, 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 I give that to you. You, you ain't have that. And so Elijah's a man now. That's out here, and he's talking to the kings of the nation. He's bringing a challenge to the nation because they had, they had gone into idolatry. So there was the God and there was the gods. And the people have began to bow down and give themselves to the gods, like we have in this nation, right across Australia. I was in real estate for some time. I tell you what, you go into some houses and see some of the stuff and the gods and all that stuff that's in the houses in this country. you is got to say, oh my God, clean us up. Yeah. Hey? But that starts with us. Maybe you've got some gods in your house today. Out the door. Burn the fire. i tell you so many stories about that. The power, in the, they just explode. Put them in a fire and you can have an explosion, I'll tell you what. Anyway, another story. <clears throat> I haven't got time to even talk about it. So Elijah now is this man challenging the nation. And all, all of these uh, uh, priests of false gods Uh, are given an opportunity to have their God answer them and and to accept the sacrifice. Well, he's dead, of course. (laughs) He's got eyes that are dead. He's got ears that can't hear. He's actually dead. Like every other God that we worship in this world, in this nation, every God we worship is dead, except for Jesus. Does anyone know that? So then Elijah says, Let's build an altar. An altar. Well, we could talk about that forever. What is an altar? A place of sacrifice? A place of dedication? A place of demonstration of the power of God. A place of dying. Anyway, he built an altar. So he called all the people to the altar. God answered by fire, sending fire, and consumed their sacrifice. So then he goes out and he destroys all the priests. So this guy now changes the nation. The whole nation turned back to God. Wouldn't it be good if this nation turned back to God? Wouldn't it be good if New Zealand turned back to God? Socialist government that we've got is trying to take us straight through to communism. we have got to watch these things. These are things to get a hold of in prayer. You know, what what are we doing as a church? We've got to get a hold of this stuff. God's got to give us some words here. God's got to give us some direction and some some uh, some uh, some connection with appropriate people to deal with this. So now this man he raises somebody from the dead as well. He's got all these things going on. And then he comes Elijah. God tells him go and find Elisha. Elisha comes along. Elisha begins to follow him. Comes to wherever he is, and now he's to take over. So right. thank you, sis. You you like that Bible? You like that Bible? Well, you can just check and make sure I'm following through the track. <laughs> so Elisha comes along, and now Elijah says, Well, I'm about to go to glory. I've got, uh, got a chariot coming down to pick me up. What would you like? He said, I want a double portion of that which God has anointed you. A double portion. What's a double portion? That means two of what you've been able to do. I want to be able to do. I want a double portion. You raise the dead. I want to raise the dead. You change the nation. I want to change the nation. You raise somebody from the dead. I want to do that. You, you, you challenge all of the, all of the authorities. Of the land, I want to be able to do that. I want. That's the anointing I want. I want that anointing. That's what I want. I want a double portion. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. A double portion. Moses, Moses to Joshua. Double portion. Right. Elijah to Elisha double portion. John the Baptist to Jesus, double portion. Jesus to the church, double portion. So my challenge to us today is if we want a double portion, not do we want it, you're going to need it. If we're going to embrace all these things that God wants to do, we need a double portion. The limitations of what we've known and what we've experienced and what we've touched and what we've built up until these days uh, is not going to be sufficient for us to deal with and meet what God wants to do in the coming days. Are you you with me here? I think I'm uh, running low on time. But I'd like to take you to keep this, keep the challenge of this. I'd like you to go to Exodus Exodus chapter 3. Is this okay? I'm a bit off script, but is this okay? Exodus chapter 3. This is about Moses. This is about God. This is about fire. This is about a call. This is about a nation. This is about a nation that needs to be delivered called the people of God. Uh, That's about the same as what needs today. The people of God need deliverance from what's holding them back. Mm -hmm. And you get to Exodus chapter... Can I have it back now? Is that okay? So you happy with that? That's wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Exodus chapter 3. Listen to this. This is powerful. This is powerful. And this is my challenge today. I've tried to present to you what God wants to do. I've tried to present to you today the way in which we can enter into it. Now I want to bring to you why that's so important. And we could sum Australia up in the same category today. Exodus chapter 3, this is what it says. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, the father-in-law, and the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountains of God, even to Horeb, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Wow. And he looked, and behold, the fire burned, but the bush didn't burn out. So he said, there's something, there's something funny about this bush. I'm going to go and check it out. So he turns aside and goes over to this bush. I'll go and see what's going on here. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, turned aside, turned aside, what do we need to do? Turn aside. When the Lord saw him turn aside, God called him out of the bush. And he said to him, here I am. Moses, Moses, here I am. And he said, "Draw, don't don't come any closer. Take the shoes off your feet. You know all the story. Verse seven. And the Lord said, I have surely, listen to this, I have seen the affliction of, of my people who are in Egypt I have heard the cry of my people that are in Egypt by the reason of their taskmasters I know their sorrows I see I hear I know This is God. And then he says, so I've come down. God came down from heaven. Why did he come down? Because he saw and he heard and he felt the cry of the people of God under an oppressive role in Egypt. And then he says, I've come down. The hand of Egypt, and I'm going to bring them up out of their land of the good land. I'm going to bring them to a large land, of flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bring them to the place where the Canaanites and the Hittites. Now, therefore, behold the cry, Moses. Behold the cry of the children has come up to me, and I have seen the oppression. So he's seen the affliction, he's heard the cry, he knows their sorrows, and now he knows they're oppressed. So come here. Come here. So come here. So come here, Moses. Come come here, people. Come here, church. Because I'm going to send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel. That's the call today. That's the call. Will you respond to the call of this nation? Can he, he can see the cry, can hear it, can feel it. What's the biggest biggest area of concern in both of our nations today? Suicide, depression, sickness. Where's it all come from? Where's it all coming? Is it, do, we, do we care enough to say, oh God, I'll respond to that call. We have people right outside the door here, Casey City. They're crying. You've got the privilege last night to have a born again Christian Prime Minister elected to lead this nation. Hallelujah. This is the opportunity for the church to rise and see the opportunity to go and bring deliverance while the favor of our government will be upon the church to do the work of God. Are, are you hearing me today? Right. It started with a scripture today. What's name? Pastor who mentioned the scripture, Isaiah 54 and so we were just sitting across the table it was a scripture <clears throat> and I just saw the whole aspect of who heard the different aspects of realities of life in the community and the scripture came to me that in the midst of of all that you're doing, this is the time to extend your borders. I don't know what that quite means in the context of where you are, because I don't, I'm not familiar now these days. But I know this: it's time to expand, extend, extend vision, extend people, extend resources. Maybe it's extend walls. I know you did that some years ago. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's that. Kind of, this is so contrary to nothing. I understand that. But we're not thinking about the past now. We're thinking about tomorrow. Because this, this is today's the day of new things. So I, I, want, I, I just want to refer you to that. I want you to take it. Let God begin to speak to you from the scripture. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you guys see? Do you, know, do you know, what's your name? Zach. Isn't there a film named after you? No, it's a band, something. Zach, do you know the man in the Bible called Gideon? Hmm. Familiarize yourself with him, because that's what God wants to shape your life to be. One that's got an inquisitive spirit to him. And Why me? Why me? Who am I? I'm nothing. No, well, that's just great. We're all nothing. But he said, I've actually got something for you, your peers. It's, it's, It's actually a day of preparation. It's a time to let the Spirit draw you into the things of God. Anyway, God bless you. Time is gone. Thank you for having us. My final words as I hand back to Pastor this morning is, will you respond to the call for this nation's sake?